Hello, I'm John Deeks, and you're part of the Your Life Choices podcast. Great to have your company, and wonderful to have back in the studio award-winning psychologist, Peter Quarry. Hello, Peter. Hello, John. How are you? Have you been for a swim today? No, but I'm actually (laughs) going to have a swim after this. Oh, very, very good indeed. I thought I'd get the hard part over first. What do you think about when you're swimming? Do you get white line fever? Because I know that uh, at your, you're in your latter half of your 60s, and I so see you're basically a kid, uh, and you started swimming some time ago, just doing one lap, and then you're up now to... One kilometre, Fa- three times a week. And you'll no doubt be in the Seniors Olympics. Uh, well, let's uh, you know, not, not hold our breath for that one. Yeah. And what do I think about, look, I try, to, I try to remember which lap number I'm doing and I find that um, I then start thinking about other things and I get to the end of the lap and I think, what number was that? Was that, <laughs> was that 14 or 20? Your body and, should tell and, you. And then, on the, and then on, the, on, the, on the lap back, I sort of think, well, shall I just sort of you know, round it out to 18? And so I'm doing all this sort of arithmetic calculation to try and work out what number I'm at. Well, look, we thank you very much indeed for giving up your time. We've uh, had uh, a couple of uh, interesting uh, responses to your wonderful advice that you give on your life choices. Great. And we thank you so much indeed for giving up your time because these answers are for not just the specific uh, writers but also can be very good for, for us, all of us. Look, I hope so, John. Uh, but, um, you know, I thank you to the people who have written in because it's 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 hard to, you know, write in and admit that you've got a problem and I just want to thank, thank them for their courage. Had a letter here from Carla. Peter, and this is something, unfortunately, that is uh, more and more uh, a regular occurrence, Uh, the filthy swines who are scamming Mm. not only the the kids but also um, a lot of our elderly listeners. I've been uh, reading a lot about uh, various types of scams, especially online ones. Do you have any advice on being Mm. avoided a a rip-off? Well, that's a big subject. Look, it is, and uh, you know, you you say that everybody's uh, you know susceptible to this, but in fact, older people are more vulnerable to scams because they tend to live alone, they tend to be home during daytime, and, so and possibly more trusting. Look, it's very interesting. Um, I, I think a lot of people feel that you know, if they have been scammed, they feel a bit embarrassed about it because they they feel that they're a bit stupid because they've fallen for something. This is an absolutely true story. I had a neighbour who, um, very smart man, a retired university professor, okay, so a very smart man. He had split up from his partner, was alone. I think he was in his early 70s at the time. This was a couple of years ago. And he was online dating and he met a, a woman who was supposedly in Hong Kong. The camera wasn't working. Her camera wasn't working. So he never actually got to see her, but they were uh, uh, having audio contact. And over a period of time, they started developing this relationship, this romantic relationship. And sure enough, there came a point where she said, look, I'm, I'm planning to come to Australia, but I've got a problem. I mean, I don't remember what the details were. I've got a problem. I, I need some money. Can you lend me $1,000? Anyway, he sent her the $1,000. And anyway, then something else happened and the camera still wasn't working. And anyway, it, it got to the point where he was about to send $35,000 to this supposed woman in Hong Kong where the camera wasn't working. And I spoke to him at this stage and I said, I won't tell, say his name. I said, are you crazy? This is, this is screaming scam to me. No, no, no. She really loves me and, you know, we've just established a relationship, blah, blah. I said, this is probably some guy in Africa, 
who is doing this. I mean, you know, it, it, this woman does not exist. Anyway, he ended up sending the money and fortunately, fortunately, his bank blocked it because somehow they knew, don't ask me the details, somehow they worked out that it was a scam and they blocked it and sure enough, that's how he got out of it. So he was very, very lucky. Now, the reason I tell this story is purely and simply to illustrate that you don't have to be stupid to fall for a scam. This is a university professor who fell for it. So very, very common. Look, let's talk about how you can avoid a scam. I guess the, the well, first of all, you need to be aware that there are all sorts of different scams. They, you know, they can be dating scams, they can be financial, door to door salespeople on the phone. And the way you, I guess, identify a scam is often they, they, there's some offer that comes out of the blue. Uh, there may be requests to share your bank account details or verify a password. Um, sometimes there may be some sort of prize and you have to spend some money, uh, you know, up front to claim your winnings. Uh, or, or it just may be that a company is calling you repeatedly. Basically, the, the rule that I would suggest that people think about is that anything that is too good to be true probably isn't. How many calls do you get a day that are just uh, dodgy calls? Well, I don't know how many are dodgy, but I would get in terms of sales and marketing calls probably three or four a day. And now, you know, I don't know whether they're dodgy or not because I don't give them a chance. I don't even, I don't even, as soon as I, you know, you can tell yeah. because there's that silence because it's in a call centre, there's a silence and then somebody comes on and says, hello, Peter, how are you? I just hang up. How do they know your name? I mean, it's I just, don't know. It's it's a, it, you know, everyone's selling mailing lists to everyone else. I figure that it's, um, I don't, a lot of the calls I don't pick up. And if it's important, they'll leave a message. Yes. They never do. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. But the, the point is, you know, sometimes people call you and you don't have their telephone number in your phone, so you don't know who it is. Well, I don't want to necessarily miss that call. Mm. One piece of advice that I give is if it's, if it's somebody you don't know and, you know, the person saying, hello, Helen, you don't recognise the voice, hang up. Don't even talk to them. I mean, I have this friend, she's in her mid-80s, she lives on her own, she's a little bit on the lonely side, and so when somebody phones, of course she wants to chat to them, and you can understand that, and I say to her... Don't talk because I've even heard that apparently some of them can record your voice and then use your voice, you know, to get access to your bank accounts or whatever it is. So you've got to be very careful. And the problem is if you're too polite, you know, so you've got to not be polite. You've got to hang up on these people. Don't reply to scam emails. If somebody comes to your door, make sure you check their ID and, you know, don't let anyone in if you don't want to. So it's about being very, very careful, being aware and just not letting them into your life, whether it's by the phone, whether it's at the door or on the internet. And if you get a bit uh, freaked out, just say, I need to talk to my son. Yes. I need to talk to my husband. That's Well, that's absolutely right. Now, look, if you have been scammed, as I said before, um, John, don't feel embarrassed. Don't feel that you're stupid because even smart people get scammed. There is actually a, an ACCC scam watch website where you can go, you can report scams, you can get information about scams. And if you go to scamwatch.gov.au, 
that can uh, that can lead you to where you can get that information and, if necessary, as I say, report a scam. And I think that's important. Carla, be careful, be careful, be careful. And, you know, that's all we can say. Uh, but yeah. About something like 60% of scams aren't reported. Of course, of course, because people are embarrassed and you can understand that and don't be because you need to report them and how it happens so that they can actually do something about it. Dear Peter... Oh, this is from Freddie. Hello, Freddie. Oh, hello, Freddie. Um, I want to write the history of my family so that the younger generations and those who come after have something to read that will tell them about where they came from. Yeah. Uh, I know you have written a book uh, touching yes. on this. I didn't know that. But um, I was wondering if you could give me a few tips on how to start. What book did you write before we get into Sam's? Uh, the, the, book, the book that you mentioned at the beginning, If I Were You, A Psychologist Puts Himself on the, on the Couch, because it's a, it's, a, it's, a cross between, it's a cross between a self-help book and a memoir, because I actually tell my own story uh, in, the, in the process. Okay, but have you got a chronological chart of uh, yes. the family? Yeah. Uh, well, no, not. I, I don't go into that sort of level of detail, but I do tell my own story in the book and obviously as I'm telling my story I make reference to various family members. I mean more parents and siblings rather than kind of going all the way back. But um, look, I think the idea of writing a family history is a marvellous idea. Absolutely. And really what you need to do, I think, to start with is collect information collect material. So these might be photos. Well, you, you just wrote down snippets, didn't you? And you suddenly thought, hang on, this is really getting together as a book. Yeah. I mean, look, certainly one thing that you should do if you're going to do this exercise is keep a notepad very close by because in the shower, as you're driving, as you're walking, as you're cooking, as whatever, you'll have thoughts. You'll remember. Especially you know, once you start. That lunch when Aunt May made a fool of herself yeah. or, uh, you know, that, uh, that wedding or what have you. And the more you do it, the more you remember. Exactly. And it's really good to also, if you can, remember the details of situations. What did they say? What did they do? Where was it? So look, collect material, collect genealogical charts, uh, collect as much material as you you can. Um, I, I suggest then that the way you write it um, is from your own point of view. So tell your own story, but kind of going back to you can you can do kind of flashbacks to, to what happened. My earliest memory. That's was... right. That's right. Now I guess the other thing is when you write something like this. Um, there's a tendency to want to just describe what happened. You know, this happened and then that happened and then so-and-so got married and then, you know, I moved to this house. Um, I think it can be interesting to try and add a little bit of interpretation, a, a little bit of interpretation, uh, not just description. So try to actually work out why did somebody do something? You know, what was their motivation? What was their backstory? You know, what was the the issue that was happening here that might have led somebody to behave in a particular way? So you want to try and add, if you can, another layer, not just the description, but also the flavour. A bit of flavour. Now, the other way you can add flavour is by um, writing out certain scenes in detail. I mean, the temptation when writing out a history is, you know, so-and-so got married and then they moved here and then they did this. But imagine if every now and then you can sprinkle in 
like some detailed scenes. So it might be, you know, Aunt May at the lunch. Well, what did she say? Then what did Uncle Fred say? You know, and then what happened? And when somebody, you know, when Jimmy threw the the glass over Freddie, what was in it? You know, so actually try and build in some detail, uh, dialogue, description of where they are, because it just adds another layer and it means that the eventual read is much more interesting. It's a bit more varied. What about photos? Oh, look, photos are a great idea. And can I just say, leading into that, I have just started to digitise a lot of the family photos. Yes. And um, there is a free app, uh-huh. which is a gem called Photoscan. Right. Photoscan on Google. And it's um it's it's wonderful. So Photoscan will will help you and it'll it'll store it all. So don't fabulous. go spending a fat amount of money. Photoscan is absolutely free. Absolutely on, fabulous on Google. So absolutely fab. Well, look, I know a few years ago, I um I I had a whole bunch of old VHS video. Tapes. Yeah, sure. And I realised that they have a shelf life. They, they do. Dis- they disintegrate after a while. And so I actually went and got them all digitised mm. onto CDs and now they're on a, on a memory stick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the devices get smaller it's and smaller crazy. and smaller. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that I did that because, for example, I've got footage now of my dearly departed mother who, who died I think it's about 35 years ago. And it's wonderful to be able to go back every now and then and actually look at that old footage. How you know? wonderful. So, How wonderful. So, look, I think it's a great idea. I strongly recommend that you do it. But uh, pr- planning, preparation, collecting the material and then writing is absolutely sensational. Do it. Well, Peter, thank you very much for, for coming in once again to Your Life Choices to, to answer some of these these questions. Look, a total pleasure. And uh, it's Interesting you should say that uh, looking back at history because on your website you've got some interesting footage from years gone by. Look, I do. I've got uh, a number of clips of me at various stages of my career, including one, uh, as I think I said before, with Bert Newton with Bert, back, yeah. in the, back in 1990. So, uh, yeah. I am personally going to have a look at that because I want to see what you look like when you had hair. <laughs> Thanks, um, John. <laughs> yeah, P- PeterQuarry.com is a good place to go. And if you like what Peter's saying, then you're going to love his new book, If I Were You. A, a, psych- a psychologist puts himself on the couch. Yes, and not before time. <laughs> and uh, if you would like to interact with Peter as far as sending us a, a letter, if you have a question you'd like to have answered, please send it to newsletters at yourlifechoices.com.au. Peter, be well. You too, mate. And uh, continue with your swimming and keeping incredibly fit (laughs) because you're looking absolutely fantastic. You're terrific. Please, folks, uh, get everybody to, you know, join up uh, absolutely free to the Your Life Choices website. It's, uh, as I say, free and we've got over 270,000 members and it's growing all the time and is the most trusted digital destination for the over 50s. I'm your host, John Deeks, and on behalf of... Peter Quarry and myself. We'll see you next time. Be happy and be well. 